0: This is Embodied. I'm Rose Mencicano. So far in this series, I've been talking about the idea that how I embody my feelings is related to how I feel about my body. In telling my stories, I've given a lot of information which may have been new to you. I hope it's helpful. But will this information actually help me grow and change? I think it can, and will. But for that to really happen, I need to be balancing knowledge with compassion. But is compassion really all that important? And what does practicing compassion really mean anyway? Well, let me tell you a story. I was sitting on my deck recently in the sun, enjoying the warmth on my skin. I was alone, my eyes half closed, my feet propped up. Then my roommate came out to sit with me, pulling up a chair beside me. As she did, I suddenly felt aware of my stomach, and a voice popped into my head and asked, How does your stomach look right now? You should suck in. Just like that. I wasn't feeling the sun anymore. I was outside looking in on myself. When I was younger, that voice telling me to suck in would have been all of me. I wouldn't have thought twice. It would have filled my head loud and true, and I would have sat up straighter and sucked in my stomach some. On this day on my deck, I was aware of the thought. I heard it. You should suck in. And I didn't suck in. But I also spiraled. Oh my god, I thought. I'm not past this. I'm more evolved now and I've done all of this work to heal, but I'm still being critical of my body in this way. Even though I know rationally everything that I know, and I don't believe in fat shaming or body shaming in any way, I had this thought about myself. Maybe I'm not working hard enough, or maybe I haven't learned enough. I'm always going to be critical of myself. I felt awful. It had just been one thought. You should suck in. But now that one thought was joined with a whole pile of other thoughts, and they were all super critical. So then it wasn't just that I had had that one thought about my stomach, but the torrent of judgment and shame that came after it. But then I learned something really crucial. And that was this. I am not my thoughts. I needed some time for that to really sink in. Dr. Nicole Lepera, a holistic psychologist and author of the book How to Do the Work, writes that learning this and believing it is the first fundamental step in self-growth. She argues that we practice thoughts all day long. She says this, you may label these thoughts as you but they are not you you are the thinker of your thoughts not the thoughts themselves if i'm able to separate myself from my thoughts i can begin to witness my thoughts and witness my personality in action but what does that mean aren't i my personality how could i witness my personality well most of us have a pretty strong sense of our personality What we like and don't like, how we behave, what we say, how we feel and think, what we look like, who makes us mad and who makes us laugh, what we do, what we're good at and bad at, and so on and so on and so on. All of these components make up our sense of self. Another word for this sense of self is ego. You may have heard that word before. My sense of self, my ego, just like everyone else's, was actually first constructed in my childhood, and as a response to what happened to me in my earliest, most formative years. The ego exists to keep me comfortable in familiar patterns, beliefs, and thoughts. But the ego isn't all of who I am. It's a defensive stance. Having a sense of self, having an ego, is not bad or wrong. We all have one. But if I believe that how I am and who I am is set in stone, If I'm clinging to an idea of myself, then I'm limiting myself, limiting my options and my growth. Pima Chodron, the American Buddhist nun, says that it is possible to move through the drama of our lives without believing so earnestly in the character that we play. We take ourselves so seriously and that can be stifling. I need to remember that my ego is not set in stone. And if I believe that, I believe that I can change. And changing is how I heal and grow. When I felt like I was my thoughts, and my thoughts defined me and my growth, I felt really limited. That meant that anytime time I had a negative thought about my body, I became that negative thought. I was that negative thought. I let it overwhelm me, and I judged myself. I was surrendering to any passing thought. But what does it look like to not do that? Knowing that my thoughts don't define me is the first crucial step. And that's because it helps me release judgment of my thoughts. If I'm not judging my thoughts, then those thoughts are just signposts in my psyche. And what are they signaling? Stuff I've been conditioned to think and thoughts and feelings I'm not done working through. And that's okay. With all of that in mind, Let's go back to my deck, and the voice telling me to suck in my stomach. There were three parts to my experience on the deck. The first part was when I was sitting alone, feeling free and calm. The second part was when my roommate stepped out, and I stopped feeling good, and had that single thought. You should suck in. And the third part was everything that came after that single thought all of the other thoughts, the judgment and shame. Okay, so that's what happened there. But let's fast forward. I'm not on the deck anymore. It's later that day. I'm in my bedroom, on my bed, listening to soft music. I feel safe. I think about the thought again, you should suck in. But this time I pause. I withhold judgment. Instead of jumping to all of those ashamed thoughts, I ask myself, how am I feeling right now? How does my body feel? I notice that as soon as I let the thought re enter my mind, you should suck in, my body tenses up. My stomach aches a bit. I feel slightly nauseous. And my chest is tighter, beginning to ache like there isn't quite enough oxygen in the room. Okay. And what does all of that tell me? I am anxious and scared. And that's okay. Moments pass as I let myself feel that fear, as I choose to stay with it. I begin to sense something else, a shift in my chest. The tension is releasing some, but it's hardening into a dense ball that's just sitting there, pressing into my chest and throat, and I realize I'm sad. I'm really sad. I feel sad that I learned to objectify myself. I feel grief for the younger versions of myself who suffered from those thoughts and beliefs. And I feel sad that I have to relearn how to live in my body peacefully. When I'm thoughtful and curious about my feelings, I learn about them. And when I learn about them, I learn how to better nurture myself. What do I need right now? I need to remind myself that all of this is okay. So I say that to myself. Everything you are experiencing is okay. Your feelings aren't wrong or right. They are valid. Your thoughts don't define you. You are not to blame for these thoughts. It's safe to relax now. And after all of this, I trust myself when I feel like I need to pull away from the feeling for now. I trust that when it comes up again, I can move through it in the same way. A lot of what I just did is inspired by a practice of radical compassion that comes from Tara Brock, a psychologist and mindfulness teacher. That practice is called RAIN, which is an acronym for remembering how to stay with your feelings and nurture yourself. I really recommend her work and i've linked to her website in the description of this episode if someone had shown me a practice like this years ago i may have resisted using it i may have thought that's silly or what good could that do i know now that thoughts like that are some of the most basic and fundamental ego thoughts my ego that doesn't want to change If my ego marks something as stupid or naïve, and I believe it, then I can ignore that thing and just continue existing how I am now. It's a really effective block. So now, when I feel uncomfortable with something because it's new and it feels silly to me, I flag it for myself as resistance to change and press on. Because it's also okay to have resistant thoughts. But I know that I care more about healing than I care about seeming silly. And if I write off a practice as silly without even trying it, then how will I know if that was the practice that could have changed my life? There are many practices and tools for supporting this type of work, for raising my awareness of myself and my existence, and for healing. I myself practice yoga and meditation every day. I also journal and write music, dance, go to therapy, and confide in loved ones who understand me. And you can find more tools all over the internet. I think what's most important is finding what works for you. But this episode isn't about those tools. It's about compassion. And here's why. For a while, I've thought that gaining more knowledge in and of itself would make me happier. I thought I needed external tools and information and other people to show me how I should be so that I could become that better version of myself. And that might have been okay, except that, essentially, the knowledge I had that I could grow, and my desire to grow, led me to feel that I must not be sufficient or good enough how I am now. I've been in the process of realizing all of this of realizing that I've been trying to change out of a desperation. And as I've been realizing that, I've realized that I need a different mindset. I need to focus on believing that I am good enough how I am right now. If I work from that place, I can use the relationship that already exists between my body and my emotions to heal. I can reconnect to my body by allowing space for my feelings to just be exactly how they are, without judging them. I can reconnect to my feelings by appreciating my body, all it's able to do, and by staying attuned to how my body feels. All of this work and belief and hope help me recognize that I already have everything I need to heal. All of this wisdom and strength and compassion already inside of myself and inside of my body. You've been listening to Embodied. If you're interested in learning more or in hearing stories from others who listen to this series, you can follow The Embodied Project on Instagram. And if you'd like to share a response or a story yourself, you'll find information there for how to do so. I'd love to hear from you.